1: This podcast is brought to you by Nutwani Coalition's Farm Talk Podcast. They have been serving the Hopi community since 2004 by working to reaffirm and preserve traditional Hopi farming. Go to NutwaniCoalition.org to learn more. That's N-A-T-W-A-N-I coalition.org. Native Community Capital
0: is your trusted partner for home loans or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855 628 2272. Let's work together to rebuild tribal economies. Yeah. Listening to the hot and salsa sound. Oh my God. Of the Carl and J Man Save the World Dude, podcast. That. I am your host. Some people say that I sound like Ricky Martin, <laughs> the five star, five diamond chef, J Man. And with me is the guy that plays the bongos to my lovely the voice, Ricky, Carl. Ricard- Ricky Ricardo. Ricky <laughs> Ricardo. And so we're here with our season finale. Season finale of the J-Man,
1: Carl and J-Man podcast. Yeah, you got
0: it right the first time. The J-Man and Carl. I had something different. Save the world podcast. And so we're happy (laughs) to be here with our final episodes of season six. And before we take our our, uh, short little hiatus to recharge our batteries, get some energy back. And today's episode is kind of uh, in response to popular demand of you all. That we start speaking Hopi. Yeah. So, do do does anybody
1: <laughs> speak? I'm going to be useless. I, I thought you were going to start. I thought you were going to say something in Hopi. I, I'm going to be useless uh, on this podcast because I ate a huge meal during uh, lunchtime and uh, I'm very very tired. How how do you say useless in Hopi? Uh, kahopi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everything's going to Every, be a copia yeah. in, in this episode, but you know, before we get into the main part of our episode today, we got a lot of people to, in Carl's words, congratulate, but in J-Man's <laughs> words, a lot of people to thank. And so we definitely love to thank our season six sponsors, Terraform Development, Coat vio Law PLLC, the Nut Coalition and the Farm Talk Podcast, Native Community Capital, and our boy Dave Castillo. Big shouts out to Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence. And another shout out to our at home sponsors, Peace Academy Center. Shout out to K, K Nef. And then we'd also like to give a shout out to our staff that works very hard around the clock for the podcast. Shouts out to Stacy and Kelly.
1: And then also I'd like to thank our 30-pack circle of givers. All right. Yeah. Well, while he's pulling that up, you know, thank you, everybody that has donated or sponsored us throughout season six. I really appreciate it. We actually really appreciate it. And without your donations, we, you know, I would be tired all the time. So You didn't say congratulations um they don't need congratulating because they're the top people out there so they're they're the ones they're the true people out there that <laughs> that keep this show running
0: but I'd like to give a big shouts out to some special people shout out to alexis kehi michaela williams terry hanani troy lamovaya Deidre leslie shane kobe dempsey noel koyahoma aaron McEmrys. Shane Belayemptiwa, Jairus Mark Biligodi, Donovan Goldtooth, our boy, and past guest of the podcast, Dion Sania, Millard Kwenyama, Gary Lomayeswa,
1: and Michelle Holden. Thank you again for 30-pack sponsors. I mean, you guys are the true group that keeps us alive and keeps us going. We're, you know, we're, we're very, very thankful for that. Big shouts out to our thirty pack circle of givers who keep us alive, fed, and tipsy
0: most of the time to be able to roll out <laughs> the jokes for the podcast and throughout. And so, uh, I don't know if there's any other congratulations that you'd like to give out, Carl. Before we come back
1: with season seven, <laughs> I like to congratulate you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I, Thank I, you. I congratulate you because which one's the clap button? <laughs> you don't get a clap button. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> wrong button. Wrong.
1: And that's why I don't handle the switchboard. <laughs> but congratulations to you because you actually do all of the production part of it. And I just pushed the bu- red button. You just do. Press the I red just, button. I just pressed buttons. And and a big
0: congratulations to you too, Carl, because uh, this was one of our most successful seasons. Yeah, it was. And I know that you were responsible for some of it to some degree, although I, at the moment off the top of my head, I can't <laughs> quite figure it out how you contributed but i'm sure that you did i come contributed a lot making <laughs> you look good making you sound good making me sound good and so uh i guess if we're done congratulating and thanking let's get into uh let let's start speaking hopi
1: all right itam hopi uh is that is that how you say it? yeah that's pretty much how you say it <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All
0: right, guys. Let's, let's talk Hopi. Let's talk Hopi. And I guess, you know, I kind of want to give some context because as I try to explain, Carl, you know, sometimes context is important yes. when you're talking about certain things. Yes, and it is. I, from our, I believe it was last season when we had our Hopi Lava'i episode where we talked, I guess we didn't really talk Hopi, but we talked about talking Hopi. And so I think what that was, was... um I, I think that the response that that garnered was a lot of folks were saying, oh, I thought you guys were going to speak Hopi. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you guys were going to provide lessons on speaking Hopi because then, you know, I think that's such a huge demand out there, especially in Indian country.
1: A lot of people wanting to learn how to speak their languages. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, I was taught uh, through So and Kwa and we speak pretty much Hopi on a daily basis. On the daily? Say? Yeah, on a daily basis, like... um like you know, what what are you doing? Kwa calls you things like "nuxiwa" and "hunukoya." "Nuxiwa" means lazy, but <laughs> and "hunukoya" means always hungry. But and then you know, I, I'm pretty sure that
0: there's some sort of body of data out there that reflects that. Unfortunately, that the languages are being lost. Yeah, not just for Hopi, but tribes throughout. Indian country and, you know, there's various reasons as to why people don't pick up the language and it's really interesting because I think you and I had a conversation very recently driving in the car where you and I, we both thought that, you know, the information that we acquired by our caregivers, you through So and Kwa, me by my parents and others, that we thought that it was a common thing to learn that. Oh yeah. That yeah. we thought that the education that we received as far as language, culture, was something that was provided to everybody
1: yeah. equally, yeah.
0: But then not realizing until we got older and started communicating with peers of our around our age group that we actually know a little bit more than a lot of people our own age, which to me
1: was kind of um, was uh, surprising. You, you know, I I made that statement where it says that where I stated in my I think it was in my uh, solo episode that. Uh, we were the last group that kind of knew how to speak Hopi mm-hmm. to each other, mm-hmm. and I didn't think that a lot of us, especially our group that doesn't know how to speak Hopi or kind of or understands it in a way, because mm-hmm. not a lot of us had that that opportunity to learn from the elders or learn Mm -hmm. from you know inside of the kiva or Mm -hmm. learn from just general in public Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know it's interesting
0: because then you know there, there are I guess common there's common knowledge for certain things that everybody learns yeah and usually what the common information about what everybody learns pertaining to language is usually learned in some sort of institutionalized educational setting yeah Numbers for example, right yeah yeah for the most part everybody knows that yeah but the interesting thing is that I didn't learn how to count past 10 until I was probably in my early teens uh-huh. but I knew a lot of other things in Hopi. another common thing that a lot of people learn in Hopi is colors. Yeah. Uh Sekangpo
1: Petosi. Uh let's see. did you say Sekangpo? Oui. Uh let's see. Um Sakwa Sekangpo Petosi. Ah uh, yeah. Koetsa. Um, you have kahopi. One, one that <laughs> one that reflects
0: you uh which means gray in reference to masi which means Gray elbows <laughs> or gray knees, gray, gray, gray everywhere. Lembi, <laughs> which means black, yeah, are, are other colors, and so you know, I think those are probably the most common colors. Sakwa means blue, balangpa means red, sekyangpa means yellow. You know the way that I always, when I first learned colors, because that was another thing that I didn't learn until later uh-huh. in in my early life was colors. Uh-huh. But I always. Remember yellow sikyangpu, Because lemons are yellow Yeah And lemons are sour And how do you say sour in Hopi? Uh, sikya Sikya Yeah sikyangpu, Yeah Sour color <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think that it really means that But that, that's that's how I remembered how to say yellow Yeah, true let's, I mean, just yeah. to correlate it with lemons How do you say lemon in Hopi? Um yeah, how do you? Say, I don't. I don't know if there's a word for lemon. How do you say orange in Hopi?
1: Um, olensi. Olensi. Yeah, lemon. Sequia olensi? Yellow orange. Mm-hmm. Mm. I never. I don't eat. Or, I don't eat lemons to know <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. know that you're like one of the few Hopis that don't eat lemons. Yeah, it's weird because I just don't eat lemons. <laughs> It's weird isn't it?
0: <laughs> and, and so you know That's kind of like I guess like the real The most common stuff That folks
1: learn Directions too I think is another yeah. thing Of common that people learn So going back to um, The orange You know we Because a lot of the like, A lot of the fruit mm-hmm. is, is like through um, uh, Spaniard Spanish the, the Spanish type The, the more common the fruits The more common fruits Like the uh, Manzala Or like you know The um, Apple Apple Manzana like, Yeah and, and then, like, the orange, there's, I don't know if there's, like, a, a word for orange in, um, I, I think there is, like, n- um, naranja or naran, naranja or they in something Spanish. like that. In Spanish. Spanish. But how come we don't have that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we call it,
0: like, ol- olenzi. Olenzi. <laughs> and, you know, that, that is a good question because then when you think about, like, Spanish words, like like uh, horse, for example, yeah. right? The Spanish word for horse is uh, covallo. Yeah. But in Hopi, we say covallo.
1: Yeah, yeah, which
0: is you know very similar, but for other types of things that the Spanish brought with them, that it doesn't translate. Like you said, orange naranja. Yeah, orange in Hopi is olensi Yeah,
1: that's we. I just I just thought about that. Or so sometimes like,
0: we just adopt the Spanish word apple
1: manzana, cheese queso. Man, yeah, like mansala. Yeah, manzana. No, that's Spanish mansala. Manzana. Is it manzana? <laughs> <laughs>
0: And and either way, either, either way. And, um, but what are some, what are some of the more difficult words out there that you know, that, that aren't like a real common thing that a lot of people know? Uh, what does that mean? Uh, black, black. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, I, I guess really, uh, from, from, from me growing up, right? Like I, I grew up with So'o and Kua'a too as yeah. well to, yeah. to, to an extent Because I mentioned before in prior episodes that both my parents worked and So that I would be dropped off with So'o and Kua'a or my other So'o And one of my So'o would take, me with, would take me with her to different places And when I used to listen to her speak Hopi to older people They spoke Hopi differently yeah. than how Hopi is spoken today and it's real interesting because there are formal words for certain things but because we've mentioned this before that now we're accommodating
1: how we speak hopi to how we speak english it's it's like um, so it changes it, it's that it's that old world language it's like the mm-hmm. like the ancient hopi language that like these elderlies know and then when you when you hear it you hear you hear it because it sounds different it's mm-hmm. like it's like an alienated
0: Language And it's interesting Because And you know And I think that That's probably why It becomes difficult For a non-speaker to, to speak Because now When you hear Speakers speak Hopi That they're speaking A variation Of Hopi Oh yeah And then when you look At things like The the Hopi Which I believe Is what it's called The Hopi Dictionary That the way Things are written In there Is different From how we speak today Or if you look At uh what uh, Eckhart Malotki's Bedbug Night Tales work? <laughs> there is a famous book out there. I believe it's called uh, the Bedbug Night Tales and other sexual stories, other sexual Hopi stories, oh, yeah, encounters, yeah. or something like yeah, that. something like that. But in this book, it has old Hopi stories. Yeah, and in on one side of the page it's English, and then on the other side of the page it's Hopi. And you know, I've always thought that unless you knew how to speak Hopi it's very difficult to read Hopi it is because then you know especially for being like a non-linguistic person you don't understand what the little symbols on the words mean or how that changes the sound and so every time that I've asked for language lessons from my father he'd write things down for me but he'd write it how in his mind how he thought it sounded yeah and so it wouldn't correlate with the dictionary or it wouldn't correlate with maloki's book and and so that's kind of how i learned and then so now that we have social media you have people writing things on social media in hopi yeah and then you and i have spoke about this the small little group of what we call lavai police out there yeah who want to go around and correct
1: everybody's how they uh, spell Hopi This this uh, this reminds me I was listening to a podcast And uh, I might just give a shout out to uh, This is called Borica Stand Up Okay And this one guy He's uh, from um, like the Like South American And he's uh, Borican Okay And so in his podcast He said that uh, There are variations of spelling Borica One with a K One with a Q And one with a C Okay and then he's like, why do we, why does it, why do we care about that? And so he said that it all sounds the same. Mm-hmm, it all mm-hmm. sounds, it has that variation of the same thing. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, he said, um, the reason why I don't spell it with a Q is because Q is a modern word of the Spanish language. Q is the uh, the modernization of <laughs> like, a, of the the K. The K is more of the dominant side and the C is more of the feminine side. So in his podcast, I like to spell it with the C because it, it's more of the feminine and we're more of the maternalistic part of um, culture mm-hmm. of the Boricans mm-hmm. here, he was telling me. And I was like, oh, that sounds a little interesting there. So mm-hmm. a lot of like a lot of our language is with Qs, like spelled with Qs. Mm-hmm. At least the spelling of it. At least the spelling of it. Like uh, Kwa. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like a in, lot in of- In the book, it'll be with a Q. It'll be with a Q. But then when we spell it, it'll be with a K. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, uh, it's this weird way of spelling, spelling things like that. So I was thinking, I was like, wow, this is, this is very interesting. You know, like how, how he thought that, you know, the Q is actually like the Spanish, like um, queso, you know, it's Mm. worth the Q. Q, Yeah. yeah, Like the Q spelling of it. So I thought that I I found that interesting.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess speaking, I know we're going a little bit longer on our introduction. Yeah. But speaking of stories and speaking of, you know, because um, I, I was part of a leadership program and then a part of this leadership program, there was a language component to it. And then yeah. they brought in, you know, a linguistic and, you know, talking about the different subsets, I guess, of Hopi. Yeah. And talking about I guess there's an actual alphabet out there for Hopi. But of course, you know, the the, the basis of it is based upon the English alphabet. Uh-huh. And then uh, the teacher, because, you know, I'm from Third Mesa. And no I asked her, what about the rolling R sound? <laughs> and our teacher or the linguist, she was from uh, Second Mesa. Yeah. She said to me, there's no rolling R's in Hopi. Asa? Yes, there is. Yeah. Then how do you spell Wadi? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess now's a good time to take a quick commercial break. <laughs> All right.
1: Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hillbrook Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at Nurturing I Squared and on Facebook at NI Squared Team to find out more.
0: Terraform Development is a Navajo and Hopi-owned engineering, architectural, and project management firm located in northern Arizona. The company has full-time staff and comprises of Navajo and Hopi employees. Terraform services include civil engineering, residential design, drone mapping, and project management on projects for your need. Terraform is a priority one Navajo certified business and Hopi business license certified. Contact Terraform Development at T-E-R-R-A the number four ormcom and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development Kwanvioma Law P-L-L-C is 100% native owned and operated founded by Vern Kwanvioma their practice areas include corporate law business transactions finance economic development gaming casino development online gaming real estate environmental permitting and approvals telecommunications government affairs employment and labor relations historic preservation and cultural resources and energy Kwan-Viyoma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering, community activism, and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations.
1: You know, um, prior to that, you know um, the rolling R's uh-huh. like Rodriguez, Rodrigo. <laughs> that's that's the rolling R there. That's that's reason why I, I hope he's <laughs> like that. He's <It's> like that. <laughs> Our 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 intro, our our title to this. Um,
0: episode is uh, speaking Hopi. <laughs> You're
1: just speaking English. It's uh, This is not a Hopi podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but now and, and, we always forget to do this. We always forget to do this. Uh, we have a guest. We have a guest. We have today. a
1: guest in we, house here. We have here. a guest
0: today yeah. <laughs> and we have a guest that is somebody that understand and speak Hopi. And so we'd like to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Darren Melvin.
2: Um, this is the first time I've actually listened uh, to this podcast. So thank you very much for and being a part of this podcast. Uh, I'm very happy. So
0: thank you. Cool, Darren. Well, thank you for, for yeah. joining us. And you know, Darren, you're somebody that I've gotten to know, I think over the last two years and, you know, with our journeys here and fro being involved with the the tribe. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, you know, um, and so, you know, I got to learn that, you know, you, you are pretty, uh, pretty knowledgeable and fluent in the Hopi language, which, you know, I think is pretty admirable for a guy your age. And, you know, and I think that, you know, you and I, Carl, we get a lot of compliments when people find out that we're comprehensive to a degree in Hopi. You know, I told you most recently because we were at the store and we ran into an older individual that both you and I know and then you were speaking Hopi to him. Yeah. And then we walked away from the car and then I told you, I said, you know how you get in good graces with the old people around here? You you show them that you can speak speak Hopi. Hopi. Yeah. And then they treat you differently. Yeah. You know, they really treat you special. Yeah. When they... Know and understand that you can speak Hopi, and so, and Darren, that that's kind of a a, a skill set that you have. So if you can just kind of uh, introduce, I guess, really who you are within the Hopi community, and then let us know how you learn how to speak Hopi.
2: Okay, when uh, the Darren and Hopi the sitong am um, I also, uh, just for those of you who don't know, my name is Darren Melvin. My Hopi name is Huspua. I'm from the village of Sitomovi And we also I also live with my grandmother up at uh, one of the new Hopi communities, uh, Spider Mound, or, or Yuelopaki as they call it. But in Hopi, I guess that would be Uh, uh But it actually goes by a Tewa name, which is Yuelopaki. Um, but beyond that, um, I am currently the chief of staff for the vice chairman's office here on Hopi, and through this, as as um, Sutta kind of said and and gave reference to, this is how we've kind of met each other and been involved and in the same circles for over the last couple of years.
0: And and so Darren Carl and I kind of gave our um, our opinions as to why you know the language is important. Can you share with us you know what your thoughts are behind the language, especially Hopi specifically, and what you see contemporarily out there within our communities regarding our language.
2: Well, I agree with everything you guys just said. You know, language is, um, is very important. and And I liked how you gave a lot of reference to the current issues that we have regarding the Hopi language right now, all of the things that you kind of spoke to in your intro about how the language is changing the way that we, we speak it, um, is changing, accommodating our English, uh, word order is one of those perfect things, um, uh, in Hopi, uh, you know, not to get too technical here, but the verb in Hopi language tends to come at the end. Um, and, but a lot of times when we speak, uh, the younger ones speak, we'll put the verb in the middle, which is exactly where it is in English. Um, so we, it's almost as we're as we're speaking, we're just doing a word-by-word word translation from English into Hopi, uh, how that's changing. But for, for me, you know, um, Working with the tribal government and everything, we we're kind of charged with trying to preserve the good things in Hopi all the time, um, and one of which is very much uh, the language. The language is very important to our identity, to our practices, to our culture as as Hopi. And to lose that, I think, is is very uh, daunting to us, you know. And so at this, you know, like you said, we being part of that generation that's kind of right at the threshold between still having some. F- awareness and fluency in the language and the next generation who has very very little um it's very um important for us to kind of look at the the means to continue that the language is passed on um and i have i've always had a very uh deep interest in language um and i speak a number of languages not just oh, wow. Hopi and 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 uh, and english but um you have Spanish. You follow Portuguese, también. And I would um, like I can speak French.
1: French is the so, language of love, Carl. Yeah, I speak that during my time. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um I well, mean that that's very, very
0: interesting. Real real thing. Well, I, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we talk, you, you, we've talked about, I guess, the, the transgression of our languages. And I think that, you know, you really see it on social media.
1: Yeah. that's yeah. what I've
0: always said, you know, yeah. social media is this wonderful thing where you see exactly what everybody thinks. And, you know, you have a lot of different Hopi youth on there and then, you know, they'll be saying things. And this is kind of one of the things that I can't really figure out is that because you see some of our younger people writing certain things in Hopi. But the way that they write it, in my mind, is kind of incorrect in terms of, I guess, proper Hopi. Hmm. And I can't figure out if they're writing it that way because it's slang, or are they writing it that way because they saw somebody else write it that way, and they think it's correct. And, you know, an example, I guess, is that um, sometimes you'll hear, you'll see people write some; they'll write uh, is an is anna, which means, uh, I guess, uh, in in uh, ow. Yeah, like a real big ow. Like a real big ow. Yeah. Is anna. Yeah, like, but, oh man. But ow. then they'll use the is anna in places where they should be saying something like istati mm-hmm. or is aheti. which are phrases that are involved with overwhelmingly like, Oh wow. Like when you see something bad about quantity, 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 when you're, uh, how much money do you have? Uh, um, he said, um, Sivaitha, I'm si, um, hisa. Sivaitha, is Anna. No, a hundred dollars, <laughs> panema. Is, is a Haiti. Is Anna. Is Anna. That hundred dollars must really hurt <laughs> in your <laughs> pocket. Spelt that way. The
2: pay hook you're seeing them. The pay last the Sivaitha. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do see that quite a bit as well. Um and it, and it has to do a lot, especially even, you know, going off of that, there's a lot of expressions, uh, part of what you just said that, um, there's a lot of expressions that have both female and male mm, versions. Yeah. Of yes, yes.
1: Yeah.
0: And,
2: and a lot of that is, is used incorrectly. Even nowadays, when we say that you see the greetings on a lot of these promotional videos, or even, you know, when people say good morning, a lot of times they'll say, you know, but, uh, the thing is, is that loma is only specifically for males and yeah. a lot, but a lot of that yeah. is also used by females um, whether intentionally or not or you know that's something that often gets uh, lost my
0: my my factory settings in my mind because you know you hear the jokes in the villages kind of the inappropriate the non-pc jokes that you know our people make in the villages and so when i see a female on social media say lamata langba in my head, I, I almost want to respond, oh, I didn't know you had a
1: kwesi. <laughs> <laughs> so who's this butch here? Thank <laughs> That's my sisters that do this, so. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, well, yeah, but th-
2: that is exactly what, what you guys were referring to, is that that's part of the the sensibilities of language, the registers of language that get lost um, as languages start to deteriorate. And it's mm-hmm. those small nuances that are always lost first. And when you try to kind of, going back to what you guys alluded to earlier, trying to police people to speak correctly, mm-hmm. um, people don't always take too kindly to that, especially from younger individuals who, you know, who try to correct them um, because there's that age barrier there. But it is definitely something that, you know, we have to try to address as, as uh, tactfully as possible, I guess.
0: And and I guess, you know, for, for somebody that that's trying to, I guess, communicate more in Hopi, especially like on social media, of course, you know, you'll always encourage somebody to speak Hopi or, or yeah, to communicate boy, yeah. themselves in Hopi. But one of the thoughts that I've always had is that I'm a real stickler for for accuracy, I, I guess, as it relates to relaying information, especially about like Hopi, about tribes, because we're such a small population that when you communicate yourself, that you're really, I, I guess, kind of like a, a small source of information, and that it's important that when you communicate yourself, that you communicate yourself correctly, because you never know that somebody might be looking at you as as, as a means of an educator. That I'm going to learn from you in how you communicate yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you're on social media, I guess, communicating yourself incorrectly and hoping that others are going to look at you and communicate themselves similar to you, basically you're teaching I guess the easier way to say is you're teaching other people how to say something incorrectly.
1: You know, um, the biggest thing that's around here is that uh, introductions of yourself. Like there's a lot of variations about how to introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you just said that you were you know, from this village here. And, uh, you know, there. in, in my mind, uh, the Miss Hopi, the Miss Hopi committee the girls there they learn how to speak hopi basically through and through miss hopi yeah the through miss hopi thing and then you know they're introducing themselves as hi my name is this so and so i'm from this village but in hopi in a way and you kind of kind of give them the correction of like no um you're not the only one from that village you're from from, you know, their people are from that village. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the the bunk sino. sino.
0: And, um, you know, it's interesting that you say that. And, you know, I I guess this is still a part of how our language is changing. Because now, you know, as as workers of the tribe, that we're very aware that a lot of our programs, a lot of the nonprofit programs out here, that they like to market themselves utilizing the Hopi language. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen is that a lot of our communications out as far as marketing goes is that we're catering our language to how you speak English. Mm-hmm. And for example, today, Carl, that, you know, we were working on something and we were communicating with a, a visitor yeah. out here. I hope you big shout out to uh, Dr. Amanda Jeremiah, who taught us something very important today. <laughs> and, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that is at the end of the episode. But we were showing her, you know, a, a card that you generated. And on there, I think it said, Sonna waq Nik lolmat ye yeah. Which which translates into uh, living a good life. And then we explained to her that as a person, you would never say that phrase because you're saying it from a female and a male context. And, and sorry out there, Hopis are very still have our heads in this biological world. So as it pertains to our language. So, you know, as, as somebody that's biologically a male. Yeah. Yeah. That I would never say sonawak the walk because that's a female term if I were to say that phrase as a male, I would say, uh, yeah, because exactly. then that correlates to the male. And if a female said that phrase, that, that they wouldn't say the "lolma" part because they're, they're a woman or a female. Yeah. yeah. And, and so exactly. now we're, I guess, kind of creating our own pattern of how we speak Hopi based upon how we're using it in our marketing as far as programs and organizations out here. Well, I would also add on onto that, just uh, that distinction between male and female. But there is also parts
2: of our language that are actually um, neither. They're very neutral. Mm-hmm. For example, um, Bum. Hopi does not have, you know, gender specific he, she nouns. Yeah, Bum is he, her, or he, she, that uh, third person, and so in a way, but exactly to what what Sitte was saying here, is that um, there are a lot of words. There's actually three cases of words that really depend on gender. Sometimes it's only a slight variation. For example, like in um, in Hopi, males like to when they draw attention to themselves, meh, you know, like look here or something. Meh would be a, me. a very very male form to do that. Uh, another way would for a female, the the female counterpart of that would be meya, meya. And have, you would know, have, or some of them are owe is a very male, sort of aggressive, kind of very emphatic yes, owe. Um, female would be owe. So you, you add the ya to it, you know, and that's a slight variation. Other words are much different, like for the difference between nekuang uh, or nekuang talongva or lomata longva for the males, or sunway going back to those, the the different ones, like a, a beautiful woman. If a woman was to say mm-hmm. that, that girl's pretty, or that woman's pretty, sunewutti. Uh, you know, that would kind of be the female version. For the males, it would be Lomawuti, you know. Lomawuti. So you, or you, so some of them are completely different words and then others depend really on who's saying it. For example, the word Tupku. You know, if you say Tupku and you're a male, well, then you're referring to your younger brother. Yeah. Uh, if you were to, were, uh, but if you were to say that as a female and a female is saying Tupku, that's referring to either her younger brother or her younger sister. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the male side, we have a completely different word for our younger sister. Siwa, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, it really depends, you know, there's different levels of, of how the language works and, and the, the gendering of different ones. And even just the usage who uses a certain word has a different meaning, whether the person using that word is male or female. Um, so, you know, that, it, and so like, again, these are the, those nuances that kind of get lost. And, and as Justin said, exactly, we start making our, creating our own, uh, mannerisms for for speaking
0: Hopi in in the new age I guess and there there's and that's the interesting thing about our language which I guess is probably true for any language is that there's so much to know there's so much to know as far as like how you're saying something from what context you're saying something whether you're a male or a female or even based upon your age because then you know one thing that's not talked about a whole lot in these this day and age that I, that I see is like even baby language babies <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have their own language yes. because then you know in in when you say father in Hopi, you say uh, well I guess Itana uh, is my father yeah but then um, babies they say Tata yeah Tata mm-hmm. and then mother in Hopi is uh, Inge my mother Itangu and then but then the babies they say I believe it's uh, Kiaya, uh, yeah 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 and yeah be another one yeah
1: or oh, say Hey mom.
2: <laughs> yeah. hey, mom. Yeah, hey, mom. exactly there's that that distinction between the baby talk as well and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that is used and you know and one of the other things that you brought out just now is also the difference for showing respect to your elders mm-hmm. and a lot of times we say inna as in my father mm-hmm. or inga my mother but in hopi sensibilities we were supposed to share our elders because if you're you know with your father or mother was worthy of respect and, and adoration, then hypothetically you'd want to share that person or that that person would be to mother to more than just you, right? So that yeah. you share, itanna or itanga, you know, so, and, and that was sort of a, a way, but that's also lost mm-hmm. uh, nowadays as well sometimes.
0: I You know, there, there was a, a Hopi language teacher out there and, you know, he communicates himself pretty often on social media. And I remember that, you know, he communicated himself. He said, you know, when you're speaking Hopi, Think Hopi. Oh. But then it's like, but what does that mean? Think Hopi. And you know, unfortunately, the Hopi ideology, I guess, is another thing that's lost because, like you said, that in English, right, it's very much singular. It's very it's a very selfish language. Yeah. It's just me, and I'm the only person in the world. Mm-hmm. But in Hopi, how we see ourselves in this universe is that we recognize that there are so many other individuals, animals, beings out there. It's not just you. And then, you know, another explanation as to what, and exactly what you just said is that even though Inge means my mother, but she's not just my mother. Mm-hmm. Even though I might be an only child, she has clan relations and is mother to many others. Mm-hmm. So you don't say Inge, you say Itanga, our mother.
1: Our mother. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just like when uh, when you're praying in that way, you say Itanga You know, you you say that all my mothers and all my fathers—you know—that's the, the sign of respect of, of everything that's around you in that way.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think th- this is exactly why language is so important um, because it, losing, that, losing that, you lose all of those. Um, you would lose all of all of that. Um, that cultural history and sensibilities and values and principles that are associated with all of these, because there there are certain words that encompass a lot more than just you know uh, familial terms or things like that. um aya, you know, for example, is a term that's kind of unique to Hopi and doesn't have a direct correlation in, into English. Um, the another thing, you know, these words that we often hear a lot here in, in the Hopi community, like Sumit naman, sumi these are pitzquendi. You know, these these words tied to principles and laws of conduct that Hopis used to follow. And so when that's not passed on, when that's not taught, you know, that's also what you lose um, by only speaking a certain language and why, you know, speaking and learning your language is, is
0: very crucial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, interesting.
1: And, you know, um, one thing that, <laughs> uh, this goes from my, my Taha too, cause, uh, you know, there's, there's no words no, there's no modern words for like uh like a sentence like you know do you understand this you know we say uh but by you know you you hear that but you don't say understand as like a single single word there so we he came up with this word it's like uh <laughs> do you understand yeah, you know? under, uh, people, yes yeah literally understand or, yeah <laughs> That's the literal, te- uh, you know, literal translation, translation to that. under um, The um, word under. Yeah, like, and then stand. Yeah. As you know, under, physically under yeah. stand. Yeah. Understand. <laughs> yeah. so, so it was weird in that way and that thinking of that. And it was like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, we don't, we don't have different words for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I could say that was
2: very funny that I heard actually my boss say the, uh, a few days, a few weeks ago was um, the word for hot dog. He said, mukivuku. Mm-hmm yeah and that literally
0: was you know a hot dog um, <laughs> so <laughs> and 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 uh, darren i i I would not be able to uh live this down if we didn't do this Levi episode without me asking you this question. How do you say frank's Frank and beans in the hopi Frank and beans? I don't know the answer, but I was hoping that you would. <laughs> Frank and beans. I don't even know what that is in English. <laughs> <laughs> I, all I but know beans it's, it's, is morgy, so. it's a very complicated term that the Red's famous wife likes to say all the time. And so Frank I thought maybe you knew what it was. Frank and beans. No, but I, I, I don't even know what that is in English. I'm, I'm assuming it's
2: a sci- kind of food. Um, that is that like the hot dogs and beans? Yeah, yeah I, think, the hot dogs. I think that's okay. what it
0: is. But there's well, some sort of long, long winded uh, term for that in
2: hope. Uh, uh, I I guess so. Um, the the other one, but I can say from from the start of the episode, the word for lucis is kahita <laughs> <laughs> api. That's that was how you would say that, I guess.
1: The, that's something uh, that's useless. You know, my uncle he he stated this term too, like for aspirin. You know, the aspirin was um was wasn't a word that Hopis use, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so he would um. Uh, So he said that, (laughs) kuri be? So that's uh, ass burn. (laughs) Wow. And,
0: you know, one of the things that, because I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that I was part of this program and we had this kind of language uh, session. And, you know, the fun part for me was uh, talking about different terms of items that didn't exist within our Hopi universe, (laughs) but now have terms. And so Olinzi was one of them a word for orange. And, you know, me being from Munqapi, that, you know, we're kind of uh, uh, singled out a lot of times and, you know, we're basically classified as our own own types of Hopis. And, you know, but one of the things that I really got from my father is that, you know, we do have our own language as as Munqapis, that, you know, there are certain things that we say. And so, you know, quiz a question for both of you guys is, how do you say airplane in Hopi? Masataqa.
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. Never say
0: wrote one. On M- 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 this week, say uh, Epliham. Epli- 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 Epliham. Epliham. <laughs> and then the other one too was uh, sneakers. Ngajisan <laughs> I just say Totsi.
1: <laughs> M- M- language is uh, Napali. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what, what about that term, uh, Kenna? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which actually comes from the word Kenneth. Oh really? Yeah, it's a name. And apparently it was some gentleman historically. Here's your historical link. No kidding, really. It's actually a, a, a some gentleman that was a little bit of a A little bit kinna. A little bit kinna, exactly. <laughs> and it became he became his own word. Yeah. And it was something <laughs> that uh that we then
0: used for that. And yeah. so so you know, I always thought that kinna meant uh the R word, yeah. off, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, you're a little bit off, a little yeah, bit slow. you're a little, little, bit, little
2: bit, bit slow. A little bit <laughs> So, yeah, and, and that that was kind of where that comes from. And so it comes from the name Kenneth.
0: Weird. And, you know, it, it's I guess it's really interesting as, as individuals that kind of grew up with the language, but then yet, you know, growing up with English as well, because there's a certain Hopi word too that I always think about because learning it as a kid, I always thought it was the English word. And that word is yogel, uh, yogel, Yogo. Because then every my dad would give me a haircut. He would give me a haircut often, and then he would say that he would say yogel. Oh, you you mean yoko? And then you know, and then so basically, what that means, I guess, is uh, to to kind p- of bend p- down, bend, bend down, yeah, bend down. And then that this whole time, where we thought that that was the English word, <laughs> but then you know, and then you know, kind of referencing our farming tools, yoktaka. Yeah. Which I يوكتكا. believe is tied to that word. Yogo. Mm-hmm. Bending kind down. Of tool. Stoop, stooping position. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, kind of it's interesting, I guess, to see where our language fits in with things that we've always grew up with mm-hmm. in terms of those kinds of tools.
2: Yeah, and it, it, even like the generation of new words or or words, they they tie very interestingly sometimes to, to Hopi culture. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, uh, the word for popcorn, you know, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, The nokutuki, it, it refers to the hail because of the way that it looks and, and its appearance, but it also matches very much into Hopi culture. Always thinking about water and having a primacy on water being that we live in the desert, so... You know, some of those things, learning the etymologies behind the words is sometimes very informative to to the thought process behind what Hopis were thinking.
0: And I guess, you know, I, I kind of had this thought right now because I think that all three of us, I guess, as being um, comprehensive within the language to 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 a degree, that us being educators and then teaching people that want to speak Hopi because then, right. you know, as as a parent, you know, I'm always doing my best to try to teach my kids at least words and, and how they're properly used because then, you know, I guess really in in a way, in this day and age, as being a speaker, you're kind of untangling yarn. Mm-hmm. You're untangling and you're trying to educate people on the proper way of saying certain things. And like throwing something in the trash, for example, this day and age, they'll, you'll hear somebody say, mm-hmm. That that literally means throw it away. means throw mm-hmm. But then the proper word is maspa. Maspa, mm-hmm. maspa. maspa means discard, and then so it's always having to teach my til- children that maspa is the right word to use because that means discard. discard but when I tell you tuva, then that means to throw. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's <laughs> it, it's a it is a challenge, and so a lot of. What I've tried to do um, through my time working with the Hopi tribe as well as, you know, in my work prior to that is in learning my languages, I've kind of gotten to a method of how how best to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer the, the question that you posed at, at the start of the, after you introduced me, um, was how did I learn I Hopi? And, and a lot of it was just, you kind of have to know. Um, the right words, in a way, the, to cover the most ground. And there's a lot of studies that have been done where, you know, in terms of linguistics, which is my background, um, that you know, two thousand, the two thousand most frequent words in a language cover about ninety percent of what you'd hear in daily conversation. Oh, wow. um, so, if you can focus on those two hundred or two thousand most common words, you give yourself a very good foundation to to start with. Because a lot of times, you know, they just Say, you know, a lot of people will say, just go there and, and listen to them. And when they speak to you, you'll pick it up. Not really. You have to have something to work off of. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just, you know, hearing a lot of input thrown at mm-hmm. you and having mm-hmm. no comprehension uh, to even start from. And so, having the best comprehension, you know, starting with the most frequent 2000 words uh, in any language, you build that foundation and then put yourself into that situation so that you can. It, You kind of game it a little bit where you want to put yourself in situations where you'll understand the majority of what you hear, Uh, say maybe 80 percent, 70 percent. That way, whatever the 20 percent or 30 percent is that you don't know, you can pick up by context. And and that builds the comprehensiveness that you need, the acquisition for the language to actually speak it. Um, But a lot of times, like what you were saying, a lot of times the way language is taught in school, um, it's very... Uh, here's this phrase and you learn that phrase and, and that's it. You you're know. you're uh, learning the phrase, you're, you're, you're learn, not learning the language. Yeah, yeah, you're learning the phrases or you're learning vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But and be able to utilize vocabulary and be able to change the language, change the words that you're learning, um, you know, the difference you can, you can learn, you know, the base for father, na, you know, mm-hmm. but then to be able to conjugate it in a way to inna, inna, itanna inna, you know, na um Not those kind of things, you you need to understand that and you need to be able to use it in, in, in the context of, of spoken language. And there's a lot of things that, uh, that can't really be taught in a way, for example, even in English, for example, we can say the phrase, you know, the big red, big red dog. Right. But, um, but you, that sounds more natural to a native English speaker than say the red uh, red big dog, Mm -hmm. you know? So why is that though? why do we, why does the big red dog sound more correct than the red, big, red dog? big dog? And that's because there's these unspoken rules. When you learn language, you're also learning the conventions of speaking. And, and that's what you have to pick up. And you will only pick that up if you are exposed to the language. So being able to recreate that system in that process, um, you know, usually you get it in at home, you know, if you have a, a, a um, fluent speaker at home. And, you know, we always, always say in Hopi, you should learn the language at home. But uh, assuming you don't have that, you know, that's the process and input that you'd have to create in a classroom to really get fluent in Hopi. And, and I think that's where, if we could do that as a Hopi, as a community, I think that's where we would see um, a return of our language a revitalization of our language, as it were.
1: You know, uh Spanish has like a formal and informal language, you know. Uh, where they speak very formal to, like, if you're speaking to like an elderly or to a to a proper gentleman or a proper proper lady, mm-hmm. and in Hopi, how do you say proper gentleman in Hopi? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, but Hopi, I don't know if we have like proper proper languages. I don't know if, like that. Like you know, we like talking to an elderly, you, you don't just go up to say you know, hey, what's up, yo, yo, old man, what's going on, you know, you. <laughs> You say kwa, you know, that's like a sign of, um, of respect that mm-hmm. he's reached mm-hmm. that age there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let's do let's do a, a language lesson before before we run out of okay. time here. Yeah. And, you know, because I think that there's a lot to learn, especially in context in terms of whether you're saying it as a singular, whether you're saying it as a male or whether you're saying it as a plural. Um, and so, Carl, how, how would you say I've arrived in Hopi? I've arrived. No, <laughs> pittu. I've arrived Yeah. How do you say We have arrived Changing it from
1: singular To plural Itam bite Or itam bite, Like we have arrived Itam iki Actually that's both correct Itam Itam itam,
2: Would be we too Because there's a difference mm-hmm. in Hopi It makes a distinction mm-hmm. between singular, dual Meaning two and then plural. So yeah, item pite would be we two arrived and then item üki we three
0: or more as a group arrived. Yeah.
1: So yeah, it just depends on like the how many people mm-hmm. are coming with you. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: but I, I think you're saying in the context of three, so you were wrong and then the way that well, I was saying it was I'm, correct.
1: I'm only for me and myself. <laughs> okay, Carl. Okay.
0: how 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 do you say who are you? In Hopi, uh, who are you? Um, haki, um, haki. How do you say, who are all of you? <laughs> um, hakim, um, hakim. <laughs> and, and so, so you see where it changes because then um means you, you, yeah, but then I guess you all. Would be the proper English term. I don't know. I don't know how to speak English properly either. (laughs) Y'all.
1: Y'all. y'all. Hey,
0: y'all. Hey, y'all. Y'all is, then it changes to um uma'a.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Uma'a. And then uh, haki is singular. Yeah. Who are you? Haki. But then when it becomes plural, then it's hakim. Yeah. Hakim. And, you know, and I I think that that's kind of where a lot of um, people that are trying to learn get thrown off because then now when you... Think about plural in the English language. You just throw an S on there. You throw an S on anything. Yeah. Or, or if you're uh, like the Tassavum, you know, Sonics, you throw an S on <laughs> places where they don't belong. But then when it's the Eng- Hopi words, then the, the end of the word changes. And it depends on what word you're saying on how it changes. Because then an example, I guess, is um, to depart. To depart in a singular Way is to say, uh, Yeah, I, I'm going to depart, I'm going to leave. But then, when you say it in a plural way, the part the whole word changes, then it becomes or or na I believe it's, it's, it's a way of proper way of saying it.
1: Yeah or yeah, like was, uh, or like if you're saying it in a sentence itam itambu by ni you know like we're we're leaving going, now like going home yeah, yeah we're going well, home well
0: i think Nima means going, going home Yeah, specifically going home yeah but then general the part basically i'm trying
1: to show that i am right and carl's wrong <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but there like like what you said there are variations to the hopi language and how you structure it in in that way there because it's not all just linear, like you know, apple apple to apples. Or apple is apple, no matter what. Yeah, apples and naples. or apples. Yeah, apple apples.
0: Yeah, and and so so, Darren, uh, can you can you uh, give us, I guess, an example of of uh, what what you see is most common in terms of what trips people up when they're trying to speak Hopi?
2: Well, I think definitely the plurals is one of them. It's not as simple as simply adding something to the end. Uh, sometimes it is, for example, kowayo goes to kawayum, and you just add an M, kanelo, uh, kanelum, kanelu, things like that. But sometimes it's a little bit more complicated, it goes from wuti to mumuyum. <laughs> so completely different, mumuyum is a completely different word for plurals. But another thing uh, that is often hard is that Hopi doesn't, um, for somebody who's, uh, let's say, an English speaker, starts off as an English speaker. Um, one of the biggest issues would probably be, I would say, is the fact that Hopi doesn't have really any tense. <laughs> um, no what I, what no I, sense of time. Yeah, well, what I mean by that is Hopi is much more concerned with how an action happens rather than when it happens. So, for example, you would have um, something that is ongoing. So, um, for example, say you're writing something, penta. Ben, You know, that means I am writing uh, would be English translation to that versus pena, meaning something that has been written uh, in in a singular action. So the difference between penta and pena is uh, basically that it's talking about the duration of it. Penta meaning that it's ongoing. It talks about the elongation of that action of writing. Pena talks about the action as a whole. Um, So the difference is how and then hope he also breaks it up to other times like for example bentiva starting to write, um, bentima going along writing throughout a period of time bentinum going around writing. So it has these suffixes that would add to the verb to show how the how the action is being done, not yeah. not when it's being done. For example, so you could use all those words I just said and say qavu, you know. You know, and that would mean tomorrow, you know, you know, like I'm going to go around writing tomorrow or I'm going to go along writing tomorrow or things like that. Yeah, you know, Or you could put it in the past, you know, and then it, it would be the same thing. You know, I went around writing yesterday. So you're using these ways of of elongating the actions or talking about specific parts of the action, the beginning, the end, the middle, the duration of it. Um, and it can work for any time, basically, depending on you you would set the time by saying either tomorrow or yesterday. But that's something hard to grasp for people who want to break time up into past, present, and future, as we're always taught about language, even in Spanish or French or Portuguese or English. But that's not necessarily how Hopi works. And so getting your mind away from that and just focusing on how the action Happens and unfolds is something that's a little bit different, I think, and I think that is something that's a little bit hard to adjust uh, to. But I think with practice, you you get pretty good at it.
0: Uh, you, you know, you know what words always interest me the most in our language? What the, the words that sound closest to things of English, like you said, pena, for example. Anytime I see pena writing, I always think pen.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. like pen because
0: it's real simple, mm-hmm. it's, uh, real real similar. And the other one is uh, no like we use no in the same way that Spanish is, the Spanish people use no. Like, isn't it? No, 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 no. 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 Yeah. And, and yeah. You know, I've always wondered, you know. Uh, that is from Spanish. It, it, yeah. It, it, that's from Spanish, <laughs> but then that's short
1: for noque. Yeah. Noque. Yeah. yeah. So that's is it. there any, any type of advice that you want to give out to our listeners for um, if they want to learn the language or where do they find um, information like that?
2: I mean, I, what I would like to say is that anyone who wants to learn their, their Hopi language, you know, to, to do so. Um, you know, like we were saying, we had a whole conversation about how important it is um, and how valuable it is for the continuation of, of our identity uh, here on Hopi. Um, as far as uh, materials, there, there are quite a few materials, uh, kind of like what uh, Sita referred to. There's a lot of um, material out there, which was produced by Eckhart Malutki that's how you say his name there you go he's
0: not an actual Hopi I think he's he's uh, a German guy yeah Yeah,
2: he's a but um, uh, yeah so there's a lot of material written Um, in terms of uh, uh, spoken material that's a little bit harder but again that's something we definitely need um, uh, that's something we definitely need to
1: uh, create more of and um, hopefully more of that will be produced all right. Well, thank you again for having, uh, you know, thank you, Darren, really? for being our guest <laughs> Not here. Not congratulations. Not congratulations. <laughs> I want to thank you for all that you're, you're doing for the Hopi tribe, you know, giving us a little bit more insight of how the language structure goes on and stuff like that. And Carl, stuff. how do you say uh, Washington in Hopi? Uh, Washington. 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 <laughs> How do you say
0: Albuquerque
1: in Hopi? Uh, Albuquerque. <laughs> I love okay, okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, so, uh, you know, just a friendly reminder, if you guys want to donate something to us, go to anchor.fm slash cjpodcast. 85 to become a monthly donor. It's 99 cents or 99.99. Or if you want to just donate a dollar or more, go to buymeacoffee.com slash cjpodcast to donate a dollar or more.
0: And if you're not following us on our social medias, you can find us on at Carl and j Man all across the boards. Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter. And just like to thank everybody out there again for helping us to reach a successful season, season six. Kwa kwa kwa. Kwa kwa everybody. I... You know.
1: <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> 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 All right, well my name is uh you know my name is Carl and this is my best friend Jamie. <laughs> hey, happy Jamie, <Jayman>. so long. <laughs>